We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Jim Collins in Good to Great explained the concept of a business flywheel as a critical part of what makes businesses go from good to great. But what is the flywheel concept and how does it serve e-commerce sellers? That's the question of the day. In this episode, we're going to dive into it. Michael, are you ready to start this project together? I am ready and willing. Yes, let's All do right. this thing. Awesome. So tell us more about the e-commerce aspect of the flywheel model that Jim Collins talked about in his book. For those who maybe haven't heard about this concept before or maybe aren't familiar with his work, why don't you just unpack it for us quickly? Sure. So I start on the sort of general level and we'll work back down towards e-commerce specifics. But I mean, the first thing to say is that obviously Jim Collins famously worked in 2001, just after the book came out, just managed to time it perfectly to coincide with just after the 9-11 sort of collapse in the economy and uh, everyone sort of being scared and not thinking courageously. But he was brought in by Jeff Bezos to the Amazon team and Jeff Bezos credited this concept as being the sort of secret source for Amazon. So that's how powerful it is. So here's what uh, Jim Collins says in his monograph of the flywheel which is one of his latest books quite short but specifically about this topic he says in creating a good to great transformation so the original concept was in the book good to great there's no single defining action no single killer innovation rather it feels like turning a giant heavy flywheel pushing with great effort you get the flywheel to inch forward you keep pushing and you get the flywheel to complete one entire turn you keep pushing the flywheel moves a bit faster two turns then four the flywheel builds momentum Once you fully grasp how to create flywheel momentum in your particular circumstance and to apply that understanding with creativity and discipline, you get the power of strategic compounding. So in other words, he says, you get Mm -hmm. a series of good decisions supremely well executed that compound on each other. And that is how you build greatness. Wow. I love that. And for those of you who maybe don't even, you're watching, you're like, what's a flywheel again? So I mean... If you're not familiar with the actual physical metaphor, you know, the the flywheel in the front of an engine in a car is a a weight that really helps the engine do something, you know, build momentum and keep momentum. And and the the flywheel is a huge, important part of any big system, any big engine. And that idea of it capturing momentum and then hold retaining it and then increasing it, I think is a really interesting part of the visual metaphor Mm. uh, for the flywheel itself. So I love that part of it. I I do think that it's a fantastic metaphor. I don't think I remember that that Bezos brought in Jim Collins. So that's an interesting component of this story as well for all of us who are e-commerce sellers and Amazon centric sellers in particular. You got (laughs) to give props to Jim Collins if Jeff Bezos brought him in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about Jeff Bezos, uh, lest we forget, everyone says he's the e-commerce guy, but he was in Wall Street for 10 years. So he's mm-hmm. a man who understands conceptual things that mm-hmm. pay off in money. Yeah. And so he, the fact he was very excited, fairly early adopter of this. Yeah. Uh, he's since had people like Vanguard, you know, the, the multi-billion dollar guys with probably trillions under asset management now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been applied in lots and lots of big, big corporate companies. But what fascinates me is that you can bring it down 
to the e-commerce small business level and I'm yeah. starting to see real results by applying this kind of thinking, which is when it gets really exciting to me. So um, do you have the detail on uh, how Jim Collins helped Amazon, some of the examples or details that we sure. can start to walk through? I think there are probably a lot of niche examples, but yeah, what do you got for that? Sure. So, I mean, the first thing to say is probably to define what the flywheel is. You, you talked about it as a metaphor, and that was really helpful. But specifically, Jim Collins says, basically, you need to have four to six components. And the idea is that each component inevitably leads to the next one. So that you're, what you're designing is a system which, once it's designed and once it's actually working the way it should, which is two big ifs, of course, but that it has an inevitability about the growth built into it, which is maybe yeah. what, what excited Jeff Bezos, because that he's actually engineered that in Amazon famously. And, and many other businesses as well so the critical components need to be between about four and six if it's more than that jim collins says it's too many if it's fewer maybe it's not quite enough mm -hmm. and the components flow into each other so his sketch which isn't the same as jeff bezos's probably wouldn't reveal this in public of the amazon flywheel is that you start with lower prices on more offerings mm -hmm. um, which is immediately by the way a problem if you're selling on amazon please wake up to the reality of what we're doing with lower prices more offerings uh -huh. <laughs> second thing is you increase customer visits because you've got low price and good good selection third mm -hmm. thing is you attract third-party sellers the fourth thing is you expand the store and extend the distribution as well um so more more marketplaces across the globe faster delivery in the us the 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 fifth component is you grow revenues per fixed costs so you've got your fulfillment centers they cost a hell of a lot of money but they're going to grow the revenues relative to that and then you can afford to offer lower prices on more offerings and thus it goes back round again and yeah. It's really obvious as an Amazon consumer or an observer of Amazon, even over the last sort of six years that I've been involved with it, that, that that's really a very good description of how Amazon works. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very that. interesting stuff. Yeah. It's, it's very powerful stuff. And I would imagine that they started to apply this thinking in a lot of their subcomponents of their business. Obviously, the one that comes to my mind is just the nature of their core product, which was originally selling books. And then, of course, they got that bolted down they could sell books at scale and then they inevitably <laughs> went to the next step which was why don't we just buy a book publishing company and then, and then they bought create space and then they're like why don't we just you know dominate the uh, idea of digital publishing as well as paperback publishing and they created kdp and they're like why don't we just sell our own devices for reading <laughs> you know, the Kindle books that we've created and then that whole Kindle universe. I, I just bought a new Kindle Fire. I had one from 2015 that I wanted to get a, you know, upgrade a, a new, to a new one. And, and I just think of that whole system and I just think, wow, what a marvelous, you know, set of inevitabilities, you know, they sold books and then they just went to, hey, every bookmaker can publish with us and here we go. We've got the, you know, Kindle device and on and on. So I think they probably broken this into this thinking into the various aspects of their business in a really, really powerful way. Other thoughts in terms of how this applies or other examples that come to your mind? Yeah. I mean, first of all, to your point, what's interesting about the flywheel concept is it's quite subtle because although it's in essence quite simple uh, and simple is is powerful and, and and scales i think we over look the power of simplicity mm -hmm. uh, at our peril but on the other hand you need to grasp what it is so the flywheel concept is not a set of products it's not a set of practices it's an underlying mm -hmm. thing such as exactly as you said really if the underlying flywheel of for amazon is based around really lower prices more offerings as the starting mm -hmm. point then that means once you've got the revenues from that you can afford to go and swallow up other businesses which gives you mm -hmm. more of the same and so it can actually look very very broad for example aws 
service does not seem the Amazon Web Services doesn't it seem initially to fit in with Amazon. But it is really about they've got the same they've got these fixed costs anyway with their mm-hmm. web servers, mm-hmm. so they might as well make more revenue per fixed cost, and then that leads down to lower prices and more offerings. Even if the revenue comes from the web services and the lower prices show up in the web in the Amazon.com retail store. Yeah. So the whole flywheel concept is more subtle than it appears once you really look into it because it it underlines mm-hmm. very different looking from the outside products and services but if it aligns with the inner flywheel mm-hmm. then it still makes sense and will help the business to scale yeah i guess the way i would look at it is at sort of the meta level because you know the, jim collins reflection on the amazon implementation of the flywheel is you can tell he's an academic and not really an amazon <laughs> seller because first of all the first concept is they have lower prices which isn't true but <laughs> but but if you think about it i would describe their meta flywheel as they pioneered technology for online selling. Then they invited other people to work on their platform with them for online selling. And those are the, the flywheel components that I think really, really unlocked, you know, the Amazon third-party seller system is, of course, what I'm talking about. That is what unlocked their scale. Now, they did the exact same thing with AWS. They built a massive server farm to work in the cloud, which, you know, then nobody even knew what that phrase was, but it was, it was, you know, uh, server space. And they then invited other businesses to, you know, lean into their technology in essence to use the, the, the business tools that they had created and they sold it to them. And of course that became even more profitable for them than third party marketplace selling or even the, you know, the core product selling. Hmm. I think that's sort of the meta, the meta version of their flywheel. I would. Think. I like it. Well, I, I like the fact that you are on air disagreeing with Jim Collins's own interpretation of the Amazon <laughs> flywheel. But well, you may well to. be right because he did say, "Look, this is my interpretation." I mean, what interesting? What's interesting, really? Yeah. What's relevant is to grasp it for yourself and mm-hmm. you're going to have to work this through with your team or whatever mm-hmm. and what they did with amazon.com as they have done with vanguard and multiple other big businesses is get them into their kind of lab and they have a lot of discussions and really mm-hmm. the question of what are the right components and they, they they'll go through and there's a whole list of questions i've got sort of printed out and put on my wall here because i think it's so basic to what i'm doing at the moment but yeah, yeah. it's really you know looking at your successes and failures and what's the underlying architecture that that drove mm-hmm. those and then identifying the right components and then you know doing a lot of hard work to really deep dive into interrogating this. Is this mm-hmm. actually something that drives this? Is there an inevitability about those things? So there yeah. is a lot of discussion and there's there's no fixed correct answer, which is always the difficult thing with strategic work. It's not that satisfying thing of do this and then you get this result that you get on the tactical marketing mm-hmm. level. Yeah. But I think it's an important argument to have if you like. And by the way, just there is a simpler way to approach this, which is if you're an earlier stage smaller business, you can just simply identify or analyze somebody else's flywheel and then basically copy it which can be very successful there's one other example in in the flywheel monograph by jim collins about there was a chap who was you know very expert on cycling and he wanted to create a really sort of sexy looking very stylish comfortable and aerodynamic bike helmet for really high-end cyclists mm-hmm. and so he was trying to think, think of how to get out of the garage to actually get this into a scalable business and he studied mm-hmm. nike and he said okay his insight was simply 
there's a hierarchy of social influence for athletic stuff. If you get a Tour de France winner to wear your helmet, serious non-professional cyclists wear it, then the, the weekend warriors buy it, and then people like me who, who aren't a serious cyclist but like to you know, not look like a complete idiot on the bike, <laughs> we'll, we'll buy it. And then, so basically, it, what happened is he, he persuaded Greg LeMond to wear the Giro helmet. And in the 1989 Tour de France, he rode in, I think it was one of the first non-Europeans ever to win it, and probably mm -hmm. still one of those. And of course, then that kicked off a whole flywheel. So he invented a great product. That's nothing mm -hmm. to be overlooked. We've got an elite athlete to use them. Those are not easy steps. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. He inspired weekend warriors. You attract mainstream customers. You bring, build a brand. And then because of the brand, you can set high prices. And then you could channel the profits that come from mm -hmm. higher prices into R&D and create new great products, which weirdly enough is not that different from the underlying flywheel of Intel, which is in memory chips, which seems to have absolutely nothing to do with it. But this, the interesting thing about the flywheel is it's because it's a conceptualized framework that's kind of so abstract that actually product lines per se may not look at all like each other, but the underlying architecture could be the same, which I find mm -hmm. very fascinating. Yeah. But that is definitely a very e-commerce example, I, I would say. Um, just as a total side note, do you think that the Walmart executives about 10 years ago read Jim Collins' Good to Great book and, and, and were thinking to themselves, man, that Amazon flywheel model looks pretty darn appealing. <laughs> we, but we, we got our own flywheel that's working pretty good with brick and mortar store, but what if we bolted on the Amazon flywheel to our brick and mortar operation <laughs> and we actually did deliver low prices and yeah. invite, you know, because what is interesting about the Walmart flywheel, if you've ever gone into a Walmart and just looked at a specific section of their store, like they only have four or five things, uh, 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 products in each category. So it, they go very, very, very shallow at the individual product level. But they have in their store, of course, then, you know, they, they, they've got massive numbers of varieties of products as the ultimate most complete provider in a way. But at the individual niche level, they're very thinly, you know, sourced in terms of products, which is a complete opposite of Amazon online, where Amazon, you go to look for blenders and you've got like 50,000 different choices, you know. But so this is where it really gets interesting to me is where Walmart starts to interlace its its opportunity for its brick and mortar model into the e-commerce space and unlock third-party sellers. It's as if they're going to have their killer their killer model, literally killer, like they kill stores all over the world. And then they're layering on this provide every possible product in the world through e-commerce in addition to their in-store model it's going to be very fascinating to see how that plays out in real life anyway That's so very yeah. interesting so in other words maybe you're thinking that what jim collins thought was articulating the amazon business model in his own words is actually a better articulation of the walmart.com model as it expands it into e-commerce is that about what you're saying well i think what i'm saying is what Collins is articulating there is not actually an Amazon flywheel. It is an e-commerce marketplace flywheel. Mm -hmm. And Walmart could literally just be like, boop, plug that in. Oh, now we've got the lowest prices on more offerings. Now we increase our customer visits. Now we attract third-party sellers. We're going to have our own third-party seller system just like Walmart. How, how is this unique to Amazon as I look at this model? It is not. It is it, just an e-commerce flywheel. It's very funny you should say that about the word unique because in the very next thing after this Giro uh, helmet example in the flywheel, the very, very next thing is is the words 
a flywheel need not be unique. <laughs> yeah. So there's an interesting point you put up because yeah. basically he says something like this. Let me just bring this up. So two successful organizations can have similar flywheels. Yes. What matters most is how well you can understand your flywheel and how well you can execute on each component over a long series of iterations. So do so you I, think that Amazon basically is in a flywheel battle with Walmart? Because maybe. when Walmart started to move into, into e-commerce, Amazon bought Whole Foods moving into brick and mortar. And then I don't know if you saw an article, but they, they've rolled out in the last year, like 800 Amazon, it's not called Amazon Go. There's a couple different store models that they're using. But anyway, in brick and mortar, in-person Amazon stores, they've rolled out 800 in the last year. And they're not really making a big fanfare out of it. But they're trying to develop that local in-person store experience. So it's maybe flywheel battle of the, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong going on here. It could be. It's very, very interesting. I mean, yeah, there's nothing um, unique about a flywheel. So I think for, for an early stage business or a small business, it's small as in, in the relatively, you know, a few million dollars a year revenue, yeah. there's nothing unique about a flywheel. But the thing is, most people just, not only do they not read Jim Collins and then implement it, but they, they're not even willing to actually take strategy seriously and they're just copying right. the tactical stuff. So yeah. I think it's it's a, <laughs> an open secret that if you want to copy an ex existing flywheel that, and it works really, really well, most people around you won't do that. And therefore, you know, you're going to have a competitive advantage mm -hmm. until maybe 10 years later when they wake up, in which yeah. case you're, you're established. So yeah. that's the broad idea anyway. So I know you've got a, a very uh, specific way of applying flywheel mm -hmm. thinking as it relates to, you know, small and medium sized e-commerce businesses. So tell me about that. Well, in our work with clients for the last three and a half years, we have basically sort of clarified our own version of, a, I guess you could say, a flywheel concept. And, and then I wrote about it in, in e-commerce power, my new book, it's all it out. It's basically this outline and we do a deep dive into it. And, and I would say that the adaptation of this idea for our use is really in support of one specific e-commerce business model, which I describe as the niche, you know, brand e-commerce model, which is basically dependent on the concept of you finding an ideal target audience and building a brand to serve them. And so that's very different than, you know, a retail arbitrage or wholesaling widely or online arbitrage or anything else. It doesn't make sense for merch or, you know, any of the other you know, potential business models in the e-commerce space. It really is built for people who have a branded product line that they're putting in front of a specific set of customers. So anyway, with all that said, that's sort of the adaptation of the, the model we've done. And it has eight steps. Our, our model has eight components to it that we work with clients on and we work with them on these steps every day. It's always the centerpiece of our conversations. Excellent. Well, I, I'm going to obviously ask you what those steps are in the section. Sure. I think I just wanted to pick up on the fact that what you just pointed out, I couldn't agree more, that just because something from the outside looks very similar, the underlying flywheel or, flywheel, or, or if you want to use another metaphor, that the strategic sort of components that lead to success and to growth, mm -hmm. the drivers of the business, in other words, you might want to use, can be completely different. And, and I really think that's important to grasp and grasp at a very deep level. Like the fact that everything's on Amazon or it happens to be online or even you call something a Shopify store. Mm -hmm for that matter the the mechanics of it the platform should not distract you from the underlying drivers and i think you're 100 percent right yeah. to, to the difference in business business model in other words is more profound than it looks at all from the outside sure so yeah. having said that yes what are these eight components for a flywheel for an e-commerce brand driven business yeah happy to mention them the first one is goals and you know it's so funny you you think you could settle your goals question in your mind 
and then build your business and you wouldn't have to revisit your goals. But it's not true. You always have to revisit goals. And uh, the biggest bifurcation of in the goals space is the real fundamental question of whether you want to have a laptop lifestyle as seen on TV from the beach, where although laptops won't work well from a beach, I'm sure I've never tried it, but you know what I mean? It's the uh, vagabonding lifestyle where you don't have any real business office or anything. Or do you want to build a legitimate company where you've got an office you go into and staff and all that. That's one of the most fundamentals. Yeah, fundamental questions. So that's a goal question. And then so so I'll just go through them quickly here. This the second leg of our flywheel is creating a brand and having it be uniquely yours and have a have a powerful attributes. The third component is having a product or product suite. We like to call it an integrated product suite that transcends physical. It could also be informational products. The fourth component is strategic pricing. And the fifth component is presentations. And by that, we mean photography, videography, graphic art, all of the, and copywriting, all of the online presentation components. The the sixth component in our flywheel is placement. And that's, you could call that the omni-channel strategy or the, the channel strategy. How many places do you sell? Obviously, Shopify is the one that I work with clients on every day help them build their sites or build them their sites for them sometimes even. And then Kyle, my business partner is the Amazon expert, but we're going more and more into deep and meaningful conversations and real hard work with clients on Etsy and on Walmart and other platforms are emerging. eBay, of course, has always been there. So the whole idea of the omni-channel piece is, is what we call placement. The seventh one is promotion, which is all things traffic which is a massive topic in and of itself. We've talked a lot in prior podcasts about my nine mountains framework. And then the final component of our flywheel is growth. And by that, we mean team growth, facilities growth, financing, you know, all of the business aspects, you know, that that will be more and more meaningful as you gain velocity of sales. You have to answer the hard questions like, you know, where do I put all this stuff and where do I put all these people and how do I organize all of this legally and, and on and on. So those are the eight components of our flywheel. Very interesting stuff. I mean, one thing that makes me think about is, I mean, first of all, the priorities that people have show up in a flywheel. And it's interesting how mm-hmm. we've both got a version of a flywheel and I'll share my, my version in a second. And to start with, when we were discussing this, we're thinking, oh no, it's a conflict. It looks really bad that we don't have the same flywheel. And I thought, duh, of course, unconsciously, I'm creating mm-hmm. a flywheel that works for Amazon-based sellers. Mm-hmm. And obviously you guys are focused on people who, while they may sell on Amazon or indeed Etsy, wherever else, they're trying to create more of a direct-to-consumer uh, brand. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. and of course, a lot of my guys are working in that direction but my starting point is different so and the interesting thing is whilst the flywheel need but need need not be entirely unique as per jim collins statement equally i guess it doesn't matter if it's different than somebody else's as long as it works and i think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. one of the most important things is simply to to diagnose whether it's a logical construct and whether you can you can justify it by going back to basically empirical examples from your own business and mm-hmm. i think in the end it is a personal thing yeah so one thing i wanted to flag up as well is something that jim collins brought up which is really important which is this that a flywheel is only as good as any the weakest part because each thing inevitably leads to the next thing inevitably leads wow. to the next thing yeah however if if one of the components is broken and does not lead to the next thing none of the other happen things happen and so if you've got, if you're really like eight out of 10 for goal setting, eight out of 10 for branding, eight out of 10 for product, eight out of 10 for pricing, eight out of 10 presentation, and then your placement, you know, you're all over the map with your channels yep. and it's broken at that point, then your flywheel will not fly and you will not scale and you will not get to a great business. Wow. That is so 
Interesting. And I never thought of that before, but you know, I'll just describe if I can, some of our introductory conversations we have with, with coaching clients, what we, you know, they'll, they'll inquire and they'll want our help. And, and we're happy to set up a 30 minute introductory call. And in that call, we've already seen their website. We've already heard all about their business because they fill out an application. And one of the things they don't know that we know is that we have this flywheel model that we are then looking the lens through which we're looking at their business is this flywheel model. And we can immediately see problems frequently and, or, or have questions about their business. Now, what's interesting is they, we get on that call and sometimes we see, oh, they've got a real problem here with their, let's just say branding, because that's such an easy one to pick on. They got a real problem with their branding. But we get on the call and they ask us all about traffic. And their whole passion is about traffic. That's all they want to talk about is traffic. And then we're all like, okay, now we're in coaching mode almost immediately because what we we immediately just share this flywheel. We say, well, this is the thing. These are the things that we work on. And then we just wait to see if it piques their interest. And it's really about having, to your point, to Jim Collins' point, an understanding of where you're at on the spectrum. Is it a? Are you a three, or are you a ten? on that, you know, zero to 10 scale for each of these flywheel components. And sometimes people are operating businesses, they don't even understand the, they don't even understand the components of their business. Mm -hmm. And so that's why a coach is valuable. A coach is the person as, I think as a Tom Landry quote, that's just so famous. A coach is a person who tells you what you don't want to hear and makes you do things you don't want to do so that you can become the person you always wanted to be. It's roughly kind of remembered quote version of Tom and Tom Lander was a famous football coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. I like that. That's that's classic hardcore. What you call football or what I call American football. I mean, it looks to me like a really hardcore game. I know you were a player yourself at one one point anyway. And uh, somehow unsurprising that such a tough sport should produce such a tough quote. But I really kind of like that. I mean, part of me is also, you know, make people suffer. But the the thing is, you picked up the two or three things I want to pick up and what you said, really critical points. First of all, let's start with what you just said. People don't even know the components of their own business. That's really true. And it's so hard. You cannot see the wood for the trees. You kind of mm-hmm. need an outside eye, I think, yeah. whether it's a peer or a coach or whatever. I would say both. Yeah. In the end, the more I do this stuff, the more I think you've got to have a, peer, uh, a coach and a mastermind. I think that's the minimum, really, mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. intelligent. Um, yeah. The second thing is, if you don't know your components, there's no way you can know your flywheel. So actually, the mm-hmm. number of people who really have articulated their flywheel, even though the book's been out for 20 years exactly now, um, is tiny. I, I never hear business uh, owners in the e-commerce space talking about this. So yeah. it's it's a kind of hidden competitive advantage that you cannot just reverse engineer by using Jungle Scout or mm-hmm. some other tool like that, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say that you picked up on, which is incredibly important, is if you think you know what the problem is, but you're misdiagnosing it, that's even worse because mm-hmm. you'll spend months fixing a problem which you go from an, a 7 out of 10 to an 8 out of 10 in a business. Yeah. But if you've got a 3 out of 10 component, then that's the thing you need to work on. And you just really yeah. put your finger on that. The real quote, I just looked it up, is a coach is someone who tells you what you don't want to hear, who has you see what you don't want to see, so you can become who you've always known you could be. That's so good, isn't it? That's just fantastic. Yeah, it is. It doesn't sound very inviting as a, as a sales <laughs> pitch for coaching. We're going to struggle to get anybody to come and work with us on that basis. But yeah, I think it's true. There is a certain component where you've got to bring people in and this is about a coaching conversation, but it's all related to being yeah. willing to stand back and look at your business as a machine, as a component, as a yeah. thing from a 80,000 foot perspective, if you like, for the yeah. flywheel. Sure. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that. And I guess you just can't really help somebody that way. But all I would say is that there's so much power in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Love so it. It's worth it. 
Hey folks, thanks so much for listening to another podcast of The E-Commerce Leader with my co-host Jason Miles and myself, Michael Vizi. So, hope you enjoyed that. I really love this flywheel concept. I guess I'm biased because I kind of, I didn't come up with the concept, but I sort of bought into it big time. But very clearly, Jason uh, is using that in a very powerful way in his own coaching work as well as to run his own business. So, I think it is actually, with the really sophisticated operators out there, a common thing, but generally speaking, not a common thing. I think it's actually underused and under understood if that's even a word by e-commerce sellers so i really think there's a great big wins we had having said that i guess like tom landry's quote it implies it's going to be some blood sweat and tears to get there it's going to be hard work yes blood sweat and tears is my like the winston churchill equivalent but guess what it's it's going to be hard work you've got to push the flywheel just to get it to turn once and you've got to push it to get it to turn again but there's just so many wins on the other side of it so i hope we've at least clarified what is it uh, there's no single killer innovation but it is really about having those key components and identifying accurately what they are that really drive your business and then what is the connection between them that means each component leads inevitably to the next component and as jason pointed out and i've had the same experience as well that often when they have those coaching calls with clients on the introduction call, the client thinks that the problem is X and it is actually, in their opinion, Y. So they think they need more traffic and maybe they're six out of 10 on traffic and they think they want to get to an eight, but but Jason and Kyle will diagnose there are sort of three out of 10 on the branding. And if their branding stays at that level, all the traffic in the world is not going to get that growth flywheel spinning. And I thought that was a very important point. I see that often as well. And often it comes down to traffic. You know, Amazon people want to get better at driving more traffic before they've really got their brand and their listing dialed in. So this is anyway a a broader topic to be discussed. As we've said, I think already that really getting a coach or a mastermind, preferably both involved, is going to really help you because seeing the wood for the trees in your own business is really difficult to do. And it's not hard for a good coach who's experienced to see. Outside vision, objective vision, somehow is just a lot better for a situation like this. So talking of which, if you're wanting to get coaching with Jason and Kyle, especially if you own a Shopify, Magento, or WooCommerce direct-to-consumer sites, then check out www.winningonshopify.com forward slash coaching or go to winningonshopify.com and then click apply from coaching for the nav bar. And of course, if you want to get the a very quick and cheap version of access to Jason's thinking about this stuff, then e-commerce power, how the little guys are building brands and beating the giants at e-commerce is available from Jason on Amazon. So a couple of ways to get hold of that. In the next show, we're going to talk about how I've adopted the flywheel concept for Amazon selling more specifically. uh, It does apply more generally to e-commerce, but it is more geared to the world and the needs of Amazon sellers. I'm going to talk about some of the implications for that and and another sort of metaphor or model that Jason has for this concept. So stay tuned, uh, stay listening as ever. If you enjoy the podcast, please do subscribe we're getting more and more downloads now which is great but please do be part of that and if you get a chance on apple Podcasts to give us a rating or even a review but just a rating out of stars that would be really gratefully received we would be very very happy to have your endorsement there because it means that all the hard work we put into making this stuff actually reaches more people and helps more e-commerce leaders become the best leaders they can be thanks for listening that was the e-commerce leader podcast with michael Vizi in london england and jason miles in seattle washington if you liked this content don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app 
for free resources including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.